So tell me about that hat you got there, sir. I'm digging it. Yeah, I just I figured I've been I've been doing all the podcasts with one hat, the Gurn Brothers hat. So I figured I'd change it up a little bit and uh, go a little bit different style, wider brim, and you know change it up. I tend to I tend to run with some. Once I get stuck on something, I tend to run with it. So I figured I got to break out of my comfort zone and get a new lid. I'm kind of loving it. I'm digging yeah. it. I like the color. Yeah, I think it's your different. thing now. Yeah, no, I well, people, I've run into some people lately, and they've said, "Hey, I don't recognize you without your hat on." It's like, so that's how I guess I'm known for the hat and the glasses. And I don't even wear glasses, by the way; these are reading glasses. So, <laughs> but it, but it suits you. And I think it looks great. So, yeah. on that note, I think we're just going to go ahead and say, uh, "Let's kick off the Mike is Listening Show." Paul Delegro, we're going live. All righty. The mic is listening. 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 Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mike is Listening show. This is going to be a live stream Wednesday uh, shindig for me because uh, as a co-founder of Innovation Media Enterprises, I produce so many podcast shows. I want to promote all the shows equally and give a lot of fair share and love and all that good stuff. But I'm finding out very quickly I can't do it every week without sounding like a broken record. So thought of a different way of sharing some really cool shows, getting to know the host at the same time. And then you decide if you want to go ahead and, you know, uh, subscribe, follow, listen, or possibly start your own po podcast show. So that is the summary of the mic is listening. This is episode number two. So we're a little shaky, but not so much because you know why? We've got Paul Delegro, the host of Business Brains and the Bottom Line, joining me today and making me feel a lot better about things. Paul, welcome, my friend. Hey, see you. Thanks for having me. Uh, congrats on the new uh, the new show you have. It's um, like anything you do. I'm sure it's going to be a great success. But, uh, <laughs> keep going. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, no. Happy to be here. This is fun. It's nice to be on this side of the mic for a change versus hosting. I I'm kind of like letting you run the show. You know, it's your show, so just ask me anything you want. Here we I go. Oh, oh, here we. Oh, is that it sounds like a dare. That well, no, like not here. not anything. Let me, uh, let me let me qualify <laughs> that a little bit. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> no, no. So, Paul, I love uh, working with you. You are a client of Innovation Media Enterprises, so we do produce your podcast, Business Brains and the Bottom Line. And um, I thought you'd be a great person to kick off with because we do have a history together. Uh, we worked in yep. tech sales together. Correct. And, um, you know, because of our friendship and, you know, working relationship, um, I convinced you to do this whole podcast thing. So can I ask you now that you're now a veteran, you're coming, you're fast approaching your year mark. Yep. Uh, what were you thinking in the very beginning and uh, to where you see today? Like, has it changed or has it evolved? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has changed. I mean, you hit it right in the head. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. I thought you were crazy. Number one. Uh, but you kept pushing, you kept pushing me and you kept pushing me to get out of my comfort zone. And I, re I remember distinctly when the pandemic hit, you called me and you had always said, you, I thought you'd be a good podcast host, but if you've never done it before, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a media veteran or any of that, but when you said, Hey, I think you can do this. And then the pandemic hit, you said, look, if we're going to do it, let's do it now because we're all going to be sitting at home for the foreseeable future. And that's how it started. And I got to admit the first few episodes, I couldn't even sleep the night before. I was like, Oh man, I can't believe I'm doing this. 
and you kept giving me the kick in the butt that I needed. And so I thank you for that. Cause again, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this, but now 19 episodes in, we've got 19 published. Uh, I still think I have a lot to learn. I still have to get better at my craft. It's, it's, it's the thing I've learned is, is it's hard to know when to shut up and when to let your guests talk, because you don't want to just throw it to your guests and sit there for 45 minutes and just say nothing. So it's a, <laughs> you know, I'm learning that skill too. It's uh but having been in sales all these years, you kind of, you get some of that training when you're t- listening to customers and t- working with customers. So it wasn't too far of a reach, but it's a work in progress. You know, what I find very interesting is, you know, again, I stepped away from the, the, the corporate tech sales stuff, but I've noticed an evolution of the way I engage with folks as far as I do find myself. And we talk about this all the time, everybody listening skills, hearing skills are totally two different things. Right. And uh, just being able to relax a little bit more. And I think for me, selfishly, I'm going to say, you know, ever since I've been doing this whole podcasting thing and listening to others and, you know, producing for others is that you do really learn how to listen better with podcasting because you're really focused on that individual you're not right. selling anything and i'm wondering do you think it's improved your abilities as a salesperson to engage and really learn about what your client needs are yeah because you know you, you again you hit it right on the head when you're in when you're hosting a podcast you can't be running over each other so you've got to let that guest complete their sentence right wait what? What? what what yeah exactly huh <laughs> complete their sentence and then respond to that and you know we all tend to think before we speak. So sometimes with, with customers, you never, you know, you, you got to learn to let them get their message across and then respond to them. So I think, I, I definitely think it has helped me. Uh, and it's got me, you know, the, the, everyone has anxiety of being on camera. That was one of the things that was a little nerve wracking for me at the beginning. Everyone hates seeing themselves on camera and listening to their voice. And, uh, and that has helped me in front of customers too, because I'm more relaxed when I got to give a presentation. So right. it's, uh, it's definitely have some added benefits in that regard too. You know, what's funny is that uh, I, I find your the nuances, like how badly organizations like Toastmasters, why it exists and how much you you know need. I'm not advertising for Toastmasters, right? Uh, but the, uh, the, like I just did it, uh, right? The, yep. that intentionality of having a conversation that's much more thoughtful and more candid. And, um, you know, I'm looking at comments here and Jerry, you're cracking me up because I kicked your butt too, but not really. Do, Jerry, do, I, do I get to see the comments? I, I haven't seen any yet. Yeah, you just go on. Uh, well, you'd have to go on LinkedIn, and um, actually, if you click on the top on the right there, you'll see comments. Okay. And Joseph, I know I'm crazy. Uh, I it. know it's what I'm doing. It's what I do. Um, but if you want to actually comment on that, Paul, you have to actually get onto the app. Uh, if your computer's slow, yeah, like no, mine, I recommend I'm, going on another device. I don't want to multitask too much. I've confused myself. I'm just trying to see if I see <laughs> any uh, people I know that are, uh, you know, commenting. And 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 that's the funny thing about live streaming, right? So you do need to have some uh, multitasking skills, of which we know I'm going to crash and burn every single time because uh, <laughs> we know mean see and multitasking is not a thing to do. But so I loved your the way you've evolved over time with business brains and the bottom line. It's not just talking about techie tech tech, though. You've got guests that are from the tech world. Yep. It's it's almost like that was your only connection, and everything else is wide open to the topics that you talk about. Is that, is that how you envision it or did it evolve into that? I hate to say it's kind of how I envisioned it because I, I kind of knew that just if you just have technology, so I may get whacked for saying it, it's not the most exciting industry in the world. Yeah, it's exciting to a few people, but I always kind of felt like people wanted to hear stories. 
people love right. hearing stories. Like if you look at my most you know successful podcasts, it's all been about. We had BB on the anxiety coach. We had uh, Emery on talking about his grandmother and her you know migrating from Italy and all the lessons he learned. We had Bobby Martini on with the the author of Citizen Somerville, and that was an unbelievable. People love hearing stories. People don't want to really hear, "Hey, I've got this." disc that has this many you know this much Terabytes. speed and latency yeah <laughs> exactly. this much latency and iops and you know you know bore me to tears type stuff and and uh, so i always felt like i wanted to do more than just technology and i think that served us well because a lot of people have said to me i love the variety because i never know what i'm going to get with you i love you that know? it's almost like a like let's a, it's a roll of the dice day you know yep. yeah, <laughs> did you learn exactly. something new so yeah. here's a good question hey joseph uh on facebook here's asking you know how do you handle guests that run their mouth um because they're nervous or how do you uh, not interrupt good question so i've had that happen to me and uh, and people have said to me you try to get a word in and he wouldn't even you know that per guest wouldn't even let you it's hard i don't know that's a good question I try to kind of get them back on track, but it's a hard one. If someone doesn't shut up, I'm not sure how you shut them up. And I guess I'm just not experienced enough to know how to do that yet. But you try to interject and pivot and, and move them off the topic if they're just going to go on and on. But it is a problem. I, I would agree with you on that one. I think it does take a natural uh, – it does take practice. It's not natural. Yeah. It does uh, require to kind of anticipate in that context of – when they're breathing, <laughs> you know, cause at some point someone does have to stop to breathe. Yeah. And that's when I try to not cut off, but try to you know move the conversation a different, you know, different direction, yep. nudge it along. But you know, and I struggle with that all the time. You do have people that run their mouths and yep. just don't stop. No, Joseph, you cannot turn off their mic. No. no yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you Brian could. Little. You, you, you probably could, but it's probably not going to do you any good. But, uh, well, so that's why we record, right? That's the first, I think the, one of the first live ones I've ever done. So, um, we record and we can cut bad stuff out or not even publish it if we don't want to, if it's that bad, but I haven't had so to do that yet, but. Well, that's a funny thing you should mention about, thank goodness we're not going live. So what I want to do is play a little clip it of the Bobby Martini episode. Do you want to hold up the book real quick? Yep. Uh, Bobby, if you're, if you're out there, Bobby Martini, the uh, author of Citizen Summer, Growing Up at the Winter Hill Gang, great book. Uh, Bobby's a character, as you'll see from these video clips. And that was, that's been my most popular download. My Terry Murray, the, our president always cracks up because you do great when you have gangsters on, you know? Yeah, uh, I know. I know. You know, it's so funny to me. It's like I was talking to someone about that. They're like, wait, what does gangsters have to do with technology? And I'm like, yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened to be a really cool guy and really good conversation. And there is the bottom line when it comes to business, right? Because you All know, right. loosely, loosely, that was you know, mafia business is business. Yeah. Bookmak <laughs> bookmakers got to make a living too. They have a bottom line. They have they have to make money. So let's go ahead and let's play a quick snippet here. Uh, and yes, there is a reason why I played this. It's a little racy on a Wednesday morning, but eh, let's live a little. And play. I mean, he punched him out. It's a fight. He goes, well, we don't like this, and that's just the way it is, and uh, we'll take care of it ourselves. So a week or so goes by, and Buddy's dog, he had a German Shepherd. His wife, Jean, hears barking, and she goes, Buddy, someone's out there. So so let's go ahead, and I'm going to correct it right now because I just realized I just highlighted the wrong link. <laughs> as okay. I'm apt to do. Okay, here we go. He used to bring it over to the station. And they go, where's the sergeant? I go, just follow the trail. This big, Dick Edgy was about this big. 
<laughs> he would spill it everywhere and eat like an animal. He's a big fat guy. One of the best guys I ever knew, though. So another funny story. I, I laughed at this one. So your father got out on a weekend furlough. Oh. And you get a call from Howie. Tell, tell us about that one. Well, I want, I want to, Howie says, I, I want to talk to you up with the hill. So pal Joey's had an office upstairs. Yep. So you go around back and had these long stairs to go up. I go up, I go, what's up, Hal? And I look in the, I look in the back, there's like who's who of. Murderer's you know, row. Uh, Hitman. Let's just put it that way. There was a, there was enough in there that, you know, I have like a, a maybe a fingernail left if they want to take care of me, you know? So, but I don't know. I'm innocent kid. I don't know anything about yeah. this stuff. I'm, in my 20s, I don't know. Was it 20s? Was it 80? Maybe 30s. So Howie goes, uh, I'm calling your father. We want to know why he's leaving jail. He, he's been there 17 months. Now, been there 17 months, mind you. Right. And so he gets him on the phone. I go, hey, Dad, how you doing? He goes, good, good. He go, I go, what's going on? Not that, not that I go. Hey, I'm here uh, with some guys here, and they want to know why y'all leave in jail. He says, you tell them to go f- <laughs> Tell them to f- <laughs> You may have to bleep that out, Bobby, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, tell them to go f- Is that better? Screaming at me. He hangs up. I'm on the phone like this. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, I'll tell him. He said everything's all right. He just come out to see his girlfriend and have a little sex. I mean, what's wrong with that? So now I know. <laughs> so how he goes, all right. I'll, I'll see you later. I went down the stairs, right, Paul? You know, with the hill was like this? Yep. O.J. Simpson couldn't have caught me. Oh my gosh. Can I just tell you that just cracks me up every time I hear that over and over again. Yeah. It's such a good story. We couldn't take it out. Right. And yeah, that's, what, that was the thing. I mean, you know, got to clean up the language a little bit, but uh, you did a nice job of uh, putting the whoopsies in there. That was funny. <laughs> I couldn't help. But that's I, a true story. I mean, that's a, that's a true story. And I, you know, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, cause they thought his father was going to rat on him. And uh, he obviously wasn't, but they didn't know that at the time. And so they, you know, figured they have Bobby call his father and, you know, put a little pressure on the old man. But the old man, he didn't bend. He told him where to go, as you could tell. Uh, you know, you can use your imagination of what he told him to do. Yeah. So can I ask you this? Um, why did you choose out? He, there's so many other stories on there. Uh, you know, that was a little bit more on the, you know, what knowing Bobby. Um, yeah that could have gone in so many different directions. Why did you choose that one versus another story? Well, cause I thought that was the, one of the funniest ones to be quite honest with you, right? The most interesting ones, uh, because of, you know, the language and what his father's cause he said, that's what my father said. And, uh, you know, Bobby was scared to death. Like he said, he, I think after that, he said he, you know, he was worried. He went, was walking around the city with a, with a 22 caliber handgun in his, under his sleeve thinking he's going to get whacked, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, but yeah, and I and to that point, we're gonna have Bobby on again. I've been I've been working with him on setting up part two because there was so many stories that we we never got to. 
Um, and you know, he's just, he's a great storyteller, great guy. And, you know, so we'll have some fun with that one too. He, you know, he, he, you know, it cracks me up though. It's like, uh, there was that one time when we were recording and, um, like, I guess his, uh, wife didn't answer the phone fast oh, enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just cracked me up because again, it's like one of those things that we had to edit out of the show itself, but he's sitting there trying to talk and ignore it. And the, the and it's an old school phone too. They have a yeah. landline still. And he's just like, you can see him just kind of going. And then finally he just turned and looked and like yelled at his wife. And he's like, are you going to get the phone or something like that? I just thought it was hilarious. It was just so yeah. quintessentially Bobby, but we just yeah. unfortunately had to take it out. Like it was just yeah. a bummer for me to do that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a character for sure. And like I said, he's, uh, you know, so our history, we both grew up in Somerville, Massachusetts, you know, just outside the Boston area. So he's a little older than me. So I always knew Bobby and kind of the gang that he ran with. And again, I was in a different type of crew, right? I was a jock. I played sport. That was my game, my guys that I hung with, but we all knew each other. And mm-hmm. when I, believe it or not, when I first decided I wanted to do the podcast, I had some ideas of what I wanted to do. He was like one of the first guys I wanted to interview. But I, I didn't want to do him first. I wanted to have a few. I think he was number 11, if I remember correctly. So I wanted to have a couple under my belt first before I did him. And so, you know, it's it's worked out well. I've got a, got a lot of good feedback, especially from the Somerville crew. Uh, Just insane. It's yeah. insane. Okay, Paul, I can't ask you. You're from Somerville. And I've known you again uh, professionally. And to me, in my world, you're techie, techie, tech, tech, tech. To know that there's this aspect about you that – I mean, I mean, you could have gone the way Bobby, uh, you know, went down that path. Yeah. What was it that separated you or how did you not go down the same path? And you could have done the Somerville yeah. gang next gen, whatever. So why you know, not? You know, it's funny. We talk about that a lot with my friends. The, my core group of friends, we get like five or six of them that all kind of came blue collar families, qualified for free lunch. Fathers are all blue collar workers, never had any money. But I think it's parents that, they, and we're going to do a show on this one, by the way, of how some people went one way, we went the other. And I think it's, you know, not that if you have bad parents, you're going to turn out bad, but I, I think just having, you know, two parents that care and, and take after you, you know, t- take care of you and teach you good morals and values because it had nothing to do with money. Because none of us had money. We all went to state schools because that's all we could afford. We all paid for our own education, bought our own cars. And we were fine with that. We didn't. We didn't feel like we were entitled kids that our parents needed to pay for our education and pay pay for our cars. And uh, that's just the way it was. And I have I have no regrets about that. It's just uh, like I said, I had two good parents that that cared, and I think that's the key. Because this, I could this, and I don't want to name names, but we have several guys in our neighborhood that either got murdered, went to jail, drug dealers, the whole bit. But we just were clean cut kids. We were just guys that we had. We knew that that was not the right way to go. I mean, it's just, it it just, it it boggles my mind because it's not, you guys didn't even do like the medium swing. You've got, um, you know, previous guests, that's an an investor, like that guy made money. And like, it's just crazy to me that that, when you guys veered off, you guys veered off like very successfully professionally. Right. That was John Bullock. He's a venture capitalist. He's one of my best friends. I was in his wedding, but again, that's a good example of a guy that, and he came, you know, broken home. He did his, his upbringing was not the easiest but yet we all kind of stuck together and we've talked about this. We had a good group of guys that were all very competitive with each other, athletically, academically, and we kind of pushed each other. And I think that that helps too. We had a good circle of friends and 
you know, we, we were a member of the, uh, we were all members of the East Somerville Youth League. It's a sports organization run by Fran Ferraro. And that was a big help to us because it was kind of our community to keep us off the streets and play ball. But you hit it right in the head. We could have easily gone one way versus the other way. But I know a, a million guys from Somerville that are greatly successful. And what I mean by that is it's not all about money. I know several guys that became police officers and firemen, that just civil servants, teachers that have all had great careers and they could have gone the other way too. So, you know, pretty proud to be from where I'm from. I have a lot of great people that I know growing up and still, some of them are still my best friends till today. I mean, it's, my wife's always amazed at how long I've had these friends for. I mean, my, I think my longest friend is Vic Silvestri. He's my youngest daughter's godfather. We started hanging around when we were four years old. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, still, assuming, I'm assuming we're going to get him at some point. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get him. Different story. I have a, a very nice story about him and his family that I want to I showcase. Uh, just a matter of scheduling him, getting him on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll, I'll keep that one. I'll keep that a secret. People that know me probably know what I'm going to talking about, but we'll keep that one a secret for now, but so yeah. we'll keep that. Yeah. We'll keep that a secret for now. So just want to give a quick little shout out here. So, uh, you know, full on commitment to sharing and making sure that we've got the, some cool podcast for you to check out that may or may not be that you would think you'd be interested in. So I want to give a shout out to my friends over at noonish podcast. They actually live stream every Wednesday around noon. Uh, for those that do understand the joys of production and live streaming, Sometimes you just don't start on time. So hence the name Noonish. So I want to get yep. want to say thank you to Jonas Bull and Jonathan Anderson and Mark Clayton. You guys are amazing. Today uh they are going to have a guest. Uh now let me make sure I got the correct text here. Is uh Isaiah Stanback. Uh he's at I-S-T-A-N-B-A-C-K on Instagram uh, and also at Noonish underscore live on everything else on social media. So guys go definitely check them out. They are it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, these are all professionals, former MLB, former NFL, that's Mark and Jonathan. And then Jonas is the techie head. They're just all thinking about uh, social um, games and sports and just cultural conversations for fun. Pretty, pretty fun guys. So check out Noonish Podcasts every Wednesday. They do live stream, um, and you'll see them on YouTube as well. So you're welcome, Jonathan. I love you guys. You're doing great things. So let us go ahead and bring this back to why I love Business Brains on the bottom line, because there are mutual friends that we have that we know professionally. But again, you, you, when you start to humanize and learn about people, it just, so, it just makes me appreciate everyone so much more. So I kind of want to give a shout out here and highlight uh, another guest uh emery geo said so emery i know you're gonna be embarrassed for highlighting you but we're doing this because he is in progress uh to launch uh some amazing stories of his own about his grandmother um and it's 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 tentatively titled uh leadership lessons from grandma and uh guys it's gonna be b-a-d-a-s-s so here's a little highlight on um just a leadership lesson from his grandma Peacemaker, these two families that were kind of arguing over to the house. And uh, she made sure all her daughters had everything clean and perfect. And it was the room was going to be exactly the way it needed to be. She even positioned the chairs so that the people that she was trying to make peace would be across from one another. And uh, let's just say the second they came in, it wasn't going well. <laughs> there was already, this isn't going to fly. Yeah. 
So my grandmother wanted to change the topic because it started getting heated. So she immediately, she looked around. She, oh, she just bought brand new Tupperware. And you remember what Tupperware was yeah. like. It was like the miracle, right? So she said she wanted to show them how tough the Tupperware was. So she had her Sunday gravy for you non-Italians marinara. And uh, and she put it in there and she sealed it and she waits you see what this thing will do. And she slams it to the ground. Sauce goes. Oh, God. Every wall ceiling, the whole nine. It broke the tension. Sure. Room, yeah. There was sauce everywhere. And my poor aunts had a, and my mother had to wind up cleaning the whole thing up. But that was her point. Now, you equate that to leadership and you say when you've got a conflict within your organization, the leader finds a way anyway to make sure that you can resolve that conflict so that the people coming away from it feel good about what's been resolved. Right. So this family, thanks to the sauce all over the wall, was like, that's hysterical. We're fighting over silliness. Yeah. And they came back together. So it, it's, it's, she's got great stories. Great hey, by stories. the way. So what did you think of that? Yeah. When you told no, that so story, I was like, oh, it's unorthodox leadership, but it was waiting to distract yeah. them to focus on hand, right? The task yeah. on hand. So, so back in those days, right? I mean, we, we talked about this during the podcast. There were no books to read. There were no lessons from like, you know, leaders that you, you kind of did it by instinct, right? And some mm -hmm. people's instincts are better than others. And she was a great leader. It sounded like she had a successful business. Um, and he has carried those lessons into his professional life. Right. Uh, and of course, you know, me personally, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for my grandparents from Italy. So it's, you know, a lot of the things that he talked about, you know, I experienced in my life as well. So, um, it was kind of nice and we had a lot of synergy going, who knows, he and I maybe talked about doing a podcast on our own, something Italian based, who knows? You know? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to give away too much of the chat, but, uh, Jonathan, you'd mentioned Sunday gravy, that debate between sauce and gravy. I didn't even know that existed. Like you guys were actually educating yeah. me of the nuances, which is that's one thing about culture, right. And different upbringings is, is, is it's such an eye opening opportunity to see where someone's come from. Right. And, and that, that moment in time that you can just share together. I love it. Absolutely adore it. Yeah, well, I'll just make this one comment. I never referred to it as gravy, and I think I told Emery that I had a bone to pick with him. Uh, to me, gravy was something the Irish people put on mashed potatoes. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't something you put on pasta. But again, that's just the way I was raised. I never heard gravy until I started getting older, and I'd refer people hear, hear people refer to it as gravy, and I could never understand that. But that's the way they were raised, right? So to them, that's right. And you know, to me, I've never – it's always been sauce to me. Yeah, well, like I said uh, – as my boyfriend loves to joke around me, I'm not from here. So I have some curious things myself. Like I, I grew up, my parents are first, I'm the first born generation in the United States. And, um, I, <laughs> we don't know any better. My mom doesn't know anything. And, uh, so I grew up eating, uh, Sara Lee cheesecake frozen, oh, nice. frozen. Like I thought, cause it was, you know, they, they serve it, you know, they sell, sell it frozen. So my mom just thought it was like another form of ice cream. So growing up, I ate frozen cheesecake. And then one day I was at a restaurant or something and I was eating it and it, and it was served at the proper temperature. And I'm like, this is rather mushy. Like it's warm. Yeah. It's like, do, do they know they've left it out? You know? And it was just one of those, like people like looked at me oddly. And, and that's when I kind of every moment, every now and then, even though I was American born, uh, there are still some foreignness about me just because of by virtue sure. of my upbringing. And I think it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and your your mother, I think your mother your mother does not speak English very very much or very well. I forget. 
Yeah, she doesn't speak English very well. Um, okay. Very fortunate for, for, for her. My father was a breadwinner, right? My, my parents are in their 80s. So different generation. Mom didn't work. Yep. Mom stayed home. Um, moved to a country for my father and didn't make a lot of friends. So her circle of friends were always pretty much within the Thai community, yep. right? Um, so, yeah. But she did make friends with this one neighbor that we had who happened to be, I can't remember if she was Taiwanese or Chinese. I think they're Taiwanese. But either way. Imagine this poor woman and my mom both don't speak English, but they became best friends. Um, and they learned, they went to like, uh, like, uh, like what do you call it, the local community to learn English class? And oh my God, it was the that stuff, the homework, funny. the homework they had together, you guys. Oh my gosh, Paul. Like it was very much like, you know, like you're teaching any other language, but they were yelling at each other. It was so funny. Oh, such memories yeah. of, them trying to correct each other's English, but both of it not yeah. being right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Back in those days, I think, uh, you know, my grandparents all, they lived probably half their life in America and they never never spoke English. I mean, because they just, they surrounded themselves with a, people, like-minded people like themselves, all Italians, and there was yeah. no reason. They never ventured out of that circle. Uh, that's yeah. just well, the way it was back then. I think that's changing, obviously, but. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I, I, I have enjoyed so much of my time with you, Paul, as I always do. And thank you so much for being gracious to being my second victim. I mean, guest, guest on the Mike is listening show. For those that want to get a hold of you, sir, and want to learn more about business brains and the bottom line, how can they get a hold or check out your good work? Yeah, they can just go to, we have all the, uh, we have all the, uh, podcasts embedded in our website at, uh, www.prescriptive.solutions no dot com oh. in there prescriptive.solutions and just go there all the all the podcasts are there uh but if you get in touch with me it's just uh p delegro at prescriptive.solutions shoot me an well email. so i screwed up that banner sorry kid i was too i was trying to discreetly write that up uh, in real time and then i couldn't find the website like offhand. So we'll update that shortly. Cool. <laughs> sorry about that but yeah. anyway so paul it has been such a pleasure um so uh, next week, we are going to have Megan Van Petten. She is with Esports Connected, the host of and also the uh, general uh, managing director of Esports Trade Association. So if you're wondering why I always push esports, 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 it's because we produce uh, the podcast for the Esports Feature Podcast Network. So, Paul, I want to say thank you so much for your time. And as always, uh, thank you so much. You're, you're really the best. Oh, and thanks. See th I appreciate thank it. No, this is a lot of fun. Anything I, you know, anything I can do to help, you never have to ask me twice. You know that. Uh, quite frankly, the odds are high. I will need you back because I just love our rapport and we can always talk about other fun stuff. Cause you've yep. got so many exciting uh, shows. So check out business brains, of the bottom line, Paul Delegro, you are the best. And we will see you all next week. And don't forget Nunes, you guys. Don't forget the Nunes show.